How's it going, y'all? It's Conrad Sports Cards here. You already know how it is. And today, well, not today. I mean, I've already recorded two videos today. But this is part three of, you know, my predictions for the 2020-2021 NBA season. This is actually like two or three hours later. Um, I got distracted and tired. But then I remembered I have to finish this. So, um, as always, I've got my notes, once again, just on the same sheet of paper. Let's get straight into it. I'm going to go from the Eastern Conference over to the Western Conference. Like, I'm doing all the rounds in the Eastern Conference and then all the rounds in the Western Conference. I just feel like it'd be easier to keep track of rather than going round by round. Um, so, you know, let's just get straight into it. So, in the first round, we have the uh, one-seeded Bucks versus the eighth-seeded Pacers. I have the Bucks winning in five games. I feel like the I th I think this is, first of all, I don't think it's unrealistic unreal whatsoever to have the Bucks be taking the series. I think we would all expect it to happen. But I do think that the Pacers, maybe it's because I'm a Pacers fan, but I think that the Pacers would have a solid shot um, to, you know, maybe take a game from them. They have uh, one really good defensive big in Miles Turner and just at least another solid presence inside, um, along with, you know, a pretty good defender in Victor Oladipo. You have a nice playmaking uh, guard in Malcolm Brogdon. I think there's a shot that they get it done. Plus, of course, actually, they do have more depth than the Milwaukee Bucks, in my opinion. So once again, I think there's a chance that they take a game. If they don't, then, you know, whatever. Um, then I have the two-seeded Nets versus the seventh-seeded Hawks, and I have the Nets sweeping this Hawks team. Um, overall, this is kind of just an offense versus offense battle, and in the end, I just think that the Nets have a better offense than the Hawks do. Um, I think that they, first of all, I just think that they, they coexist better, right? They're going to have better chemistry, not only because they've been together longer, but because their fit is better overall. Um, the Hawks just have too many ball-dominant guys, in my opinion. I don't really think it's going to work. And while the Nets do have some pretty ball-dominant guys besides, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, such as Karis LeVert and, I guess, Spencer Dinwiddie, they have enough guys that can work off ball that I think this will be fine. Plus, they have enough versatile pieces that if they need to, you know, bring some more off ball guys onto the floor at a time, they can do so. Um, I do think that, you know, uh, defense will definitely be a big issue for this Nets team, as I think the Hawks probably have some better defenders, but it's Kevin Wright and Kyrie Irving versus a bunch of guys that aren't anywhere near that level, right? So I. I don't think that they're going to have any trouble whatsoever. And similar to the Pacers, maybe they take a game, but I highly doubt that they do. Then we have the third-seeded Raptor or third-seeded Celtics versus the sixth-seeded Raptors. And this was kind of a tough one, but I, I'm not between like who who would win it. I do have the Celtics moving on, but I wasn't sure if it would be in six or seven. I think it's kind of a toss-up, but I do have them winning in six. Um, ultimately, I I cause, well, first of all, you know, I, it was kind of a struggle for me. Because, you know, the Raptors did lose Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul. However, it's not like the, the Celtics have an elite big man anyway, right? So it doesn't make too big of an impact. However, they did still lose out on some depth. And that's just going to affect them a little bit. And I think that even though the Celtics did lose Gordon Hayward, I think that overall that's honestly better for this team because it allows Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to run the offense more rather than having to give up, you know, that however many so shots to Gordon Hayward, who averaged close to 20 a game, right? Sometimes having too many guys that can score is a bad thing. And I think that this might have been one of those situations. Um, and then in the last round of the first, the first, the last series of the first round, I have the Heat versus the fourth seeded Heat versus the fifth seeded 76ers. And this was once again, a really tough one, but I have the Heat moving on in seven. Um, ultimately, I don't think that, you know, um, I'm, I'm not completely sure. I don't think that Doc Rivers is going to come up with an amazing game plan. I think Eric Spolstra can game plan around this 76ers team, right? I think that there's a, uh, I think that really the biggest difference maker is offense, right? Because these are two pretty good defenses going head to head. But ultimately, I just think that, you know, the, the 
I think that the, the Heat can stop or slow down, you know, the 76ers' main sources of offense, which is, of course, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But then, of course, the, the 76ers, I don't think, have the depth to really match the offense that the Heat can bring to the table, right? Because they have, you know, pieces coming off the bench, such as Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, along with, you know, like, let's say just Myers Leonard or something like that. And that's that's more pieces than I think the 76ers can handle. But once again, it is a toss-up because the 76ers do have more star power. And of course, another issue is I just don't think that that duo of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can work together. Um, so, you know, that kind of has to be factored in there as well. I just don't see the 76ers really making a deep run. However, if they were to beat a team, it would probably be the Miami Heat. Um, so maybe they do get out of this one, but I, I personally choose the Heat to get out of there in seven. Then I have the one seated Heat or one seated Bucks versus the fourth seated Heat, and in seven games, I have the Heat winning it. Um, the biggest issue for the Bucks is Mike Budenholzer. He does not change his game plans. He doesn't give stars proper minutes. I've said it multiple times before. Uh, maybe he, you know he starts giving stars proper minutes because they don't have as much depth this season. But at the same time, they don't have as much depth this season. So you know the Heat can have their stars come on more well rested, or they can put on some better pieces on the floor, right? Um, when their bench players are coming on and maybe not sl uh, not have a, their lead, you know, slip too much, or maybe they're able to kind of fight back and you know. Stay in the game, whereas if the Bucks, you know, start to lose and then they take out Giannis and or Chris Middleton or something like that, they're kind of really just going to be much worse than they are when he's on the floor, right? Um, one of the other issues is the Heat know how to stop Giannis. I mean, a lot of other teams do, but the Heat actually have the tools to do so. You just throw enough guys back there in transition, and he's going to struggle a lot. But then you also have a guy like Bam Adebayo who can stop him before he gets to the paint, or if he gets to the paint, a guy that can go up and you know go up for a block, you know, take a charge, all of the above. Right, which is one of the best defenders in the entire NBA. Um, and that's crucial to this offense because if Giannis gets stopped, he always struggles in the half court. Even if you have Drew Holiday to reset the offense in the half court, Giannis is still much, much, much less useful on that side of the ball um, unless he's already on the move and transition, you know, after grabbing a rebound and sprinting down to the other side of the court, right? So I do have the Heat taking this in seven games. Um, but once again, it is seven games because A, the Heat are already coming off of a seven-game series against the 76ers, but also the the Bucks are pretty uh, are more well prepared than they were, you know, last year when they lost five four to one, right? And then I have the two seeded nets going up against the excuse me, the two seeded nets going up against the three seeded Celtics. And I was considering having the Nets take this in five. But I decided, you know what, let's toss the Celtics an extra game. I think that there's still a chance that maybe they grab two, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets beat them in five games, right? Um, overall, this is, once again, neither team really has a super dominant center, but the Nets do have a lot more depth, which I think will kind of be the, 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 what's the word, the the X factor for this series, right? Um, and just overall toe-to-toe -to -toe as far as matchups go. I don't think it's going to be a problem whatsoever for the Nets. Um, you know, the, the the Celtics have a lot of good defenders, but nobody that's elite, you know, so nobody that can step up and, like, really stop Kevin Durant or anything like that or Kyrie Irving or anything like that. Um, and so I just think that, you know, they don't they don't have the necessary tools to stop a, a team that's this star-studded. Um, and plus, you know, the Nets have a lot of, well, not a lot of, but the Nets have playoff experience together. Um, you know, I think the one question may come down to coaching ability, right? Because, you know, we don't know for sure what to expect from Steve Nash, but we do know that Brad Stevens will have a game plan for this Nets team, and so that's kind of why I tossed them that extra game, uh, because they may be more well-prepared more well prepared than I expect. Um, and then in the conference finals, we have the Nets versus the Heat, two-seeded Nets versus the fourth-seeded Heat. 
and I do have the Nets taking this in six. This was honestly kind of tough for me because of the good defense and the depth that the Miami Heat bring, but ultimately, you know, stars win championships, and, I, and I'd rather take, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving along with the, the pieces that they do have over, you know, Jimmy Butler and this uh, Miami Heat squad. Um, unless, of course, you know, a lot of guys take a step up this year, you know, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, and Bam Adebayo all take noticeable jumps this season. I don't expect them to get past this Brooklyn Nets team. Uh, they just have a lot of weapons that they can really go to. Like, if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant do get stopped, Spencer Dinwiddie can step it up. He's probably an all-star player if he wasn't being a sixth man, right? He averaged 20-6 and six last season with both, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant out. And also just a lot of injuries were overall affecting this Nets squad. Um, I think that he's really underrated in that aspect, and he can ball out if he needs to, and so can Karis LeVert if both of them are getting stopped, right? So they do have the necessary pieces, I think, to, you know, back up a game, or back up Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving if they do, you know, get slowed down or stopped by Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler and Jay, no, they don't have Jay Carter anymore, but any of those guys, right? Now, moving on to the Western Conference, I have the Los Angeles Lakers, the one seed versus the eighth seeded Jazz. I have the Lakers taking this in six. But I wouldn't be surprised, of course, if they took this in five, right? Um, the Jazz are criminally underrated, though, I think, in this aspect. But, you know, they just toe-to-toe don't match up with the depth or the star power that the Lakers have. Honestly, no. The Lakers take this in five, not six. Uh, I do think that Donovan Mitchell will be a different breed in the playoffs. He does kind of seem to have that sort of trajectory. He's been in the playoffs every season since his rookie year, and he's never underperformed when he's been in the, under the bright lights, right? In the big stage, whatever you want to say. Um, so... I think that it would. I think that he'll put up a good fight. So will the rest of this Jazz team. But like I just mentioned before, they don't have you know nearly the, the star power or the depth to really match this Lakers squad. I expect a dominant four one four one four one performance from the Los Angeles Lakers. Maybe four zero, but you know right now I'll say four one because I originally had it you know in six games. Uh, then we have the two seeded Clippers versus the the uh, seventh seeded Pelicans. I do have the Clippers moving on in five. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with them moving on to five. I was thinking about changing it to six. Now I think they'll move on to five. Kawhi, you know, I think that he's going to come out and he's gonna be like, you know what, I can't take this. I got to prove everyone wrong. Um, he's definitely going to come out and dominate. Paul George is still a defensive monster. Eric Bledsoe, we know, is going to disappear in the playoffs. We've already seen it happen before. And this team is just really young and inexperienced, and I don't think that it's going to help them once it comes to the playoffs, right? I think that they do need to get a couple of years of experience under their belt to both be a better team during the regular season and then, of course, just the playoffs, right? This is a whole, There's a whole different energy surrounding the playoffs, and I don't think that anyone besides potentially Zion... Actually, no. That's a lie because they have a lot of you know top picks, you know Zion, Lonzo, and Brandon Ingram. I don't think that any of them are really going to be ready, though, um, to play perform in the playoffs. I'm not completely sure about that. I could totally be wrong. But I, I most certainly expect the Clippers to just come out here and dominate, um, although Zion will be a problem for this team. Zion will be Zion's going to be a problem for any team, but Zion's definitely going to be a problem for this team, although they finally do have Serge Ibaka, who might be able to help them, you know, slow down Giannis's, um, slow down Giannis's, slow down Zion's um, overpowering strength ability, whatever you want to say, right? Uh, then we have the three-seeded Nuggets versus the six-seeded Suns, and this is the first upset of the entire um, series. I have the Suns winning this in seven. The, the the Nuggets really lost out on a lot of defense when they lost Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig. They added a lot of young pieces that I don't think are going to be very helpful during the playoffs. Um, and I think that the Suns match up better. When it comes to the playoffs, fit is crucial um, to, you know, performing well. 
Also, well, so, you know, you have Chris Paul who can be very good on defense and, you know, potentially be a problem for Jamal Murray. You have some nice wing defenders, once again, in Macau Bridges, Cameron Johnson, and Jay Crowder. And then you also have DeAndre Ayton, who's not going to stop Jokic because Jokic is one of the most versatile players in the league that people don't really understand. But he's still going to be a problem overall with just his post-defense and uh, not his post defense, his interior defense, whether it's shot blocking ability or um, rim, just rim protection overall. But he's just he's going to be a, a an interior presence that Jokic is definitely going to feel right. Plus, they do actually match up with this team as far as depth goes. Maybe not as much in the guard position, but they still have some nice backups in once again like Cameron Johnson or some one of those guys along with Dario Saric. Apparently, I think they just signed Frank Kaminsky like in between these videos that I was making. Um, and then they also have Jalen or Jaden Smith. I still have to figure out who it is. Uh, coming off the bench behind DeAndre Ayton at the center position, right? And also, I believe that Monty Williams is just a better um, coach, honestly, to this point than Mike Malone is. Mike Malone is absolutely terrible with this his rotations. Um, he does like kind of change his game plan a bit, but this team is so weak defensively that I don't think it's going to make much of a difference, right? Um, and also, they also have a big leader in Chris Paul, a veteran presence. Even though they are a young team, I think he'll be able to really help them uh, get over that hump and beat this Nuggets team in seven. Once again, it's in seven. It's not like this is going to be a cakewalk by any means. Uh, but I have the Suns winning this in seven games. Another seven-game series is going to be between the fourth-seeded Blazers and the fifth-seeded Mavericks, and I do have the Blazers winning this. Uh, they're just too deep, first of all, I think, for this for this. Um, Mavericks team, and of course, if Ka if Ka Chris Apps Porzingis isn't even here, I could see this possibly being a six-game series instead of seven, but, you know, I'll throw in that extra game both because he might be there and also because that's not a guarantee if he's even out. Uh, they have nice, excuse me, they have some nice wing defenders, once again, in Robert Covington and uh, Derek Jones Jr. that can be switched on Luka Doncic if they have to put them, uh, if they have to put someone on him. Well, not if they have to, you of course have to have someone on him, but those are the best guys for them to do so. And they just have too many weapons, and once again, the Mavericks are just very, well, not very, but they're pretty weak defensively, and just the amount of weapons that this, that amount of offensive weapons that this Blazers team has, I don't see them really being slowed down whatsoever, If they, especially if they just get on a hot streak or something like that. Then in the semifinals, we have the number one seeded Lakers facing the number four seeded Blazers. And I did want to say, you know, the Blazers have more of a shot, but I have them losing in five games to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, both teams pretty much match up toe-to-toe -to -toe as far as depth goes. Both teams are pretty solid defensively. And like I said, in the Heat versus Nets series, Stars win championships. AD and LeBron are both two of the top five, top six players in the entire league you're not going to be able to stop him. You're not going to be able to stop him whatsoever. Unless, of course, LeBron somehow starts to show his age like halfway through the season. I don't expect this to really be close at all. I'll take the Lakers in five. Then we have the two-seeded Clippers versus the one-seeded Suns. Once again, Stars kind of just win championships in this in the, in this, um, in, in this one, right? Uh, I don't think that really... Excuse me, I don't think that, you know, Cameron Johnson or any of those guys are good enough to really stop, like, Kawhi. Um, but, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to cause some trouble for him. But they, they do have a lot of weapons that have some team chemistry and that still work together. They also have a nice rim protector in Serge Ibaka. Um, and, you know, also, like, 3 and D center that can also step out and hit some shots. But his interior defense is going to cause a couple problems for DeAndre Ayton. They do have Pat Bev that they can throw on Chris Paul. But then he also can switch Paul George or Kawhi Leonard on him. This team is just extremely scary defensively um and I unless there's once again like just some major problems like we saw last year I think this team is going to be just fine facing up against this uh this Suns team 
especially because once again, like they, they, they do have, they don't exactly have a ton of experience in the playoffs. While this Clippers team has a lot of guys that do have a ton of experience in the playoffs. Um, you know, I think that's going to be an X factor here. And, you know, you may say, oh, you didn't say the same thing against the Nuggets. The Nuggets don't have a ton of, you know, like really great playoff experience either. Um, if they had more guys that were like 28, 29 and have been in the playoffs for, you know, five, six years, maybe I give them the edge there. But, you know, this time, especially also actually because the Suns are coming off of a seven game series, I'll take the Clippers in this one. Then we have the one seeded Lakers versus the two seeded Clippers. I'm taking the Lakers in sixth. Um, overall, I think that the Clippers team is scary for sure. Um, I think that Le uh, Ka Kawhi is going to be a problem for LeBron, but ultimately when, you know, Montrezl Harrell comes off the bench along with, I mean, even just like, you know, whatever, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, like they just have more depth than I think of this, that this, uh, Clipper squad does. And Anthony Davis is still going to be a problem for, uh, for, you know, even just Serge Ibaka, right? And he may not even be, well, he's going to be matched up against Anthony Davis. But then they still have Marcus Saul who can just step out there and hit the three whenever they need him to. Well, not whenever they need him to. Um, but if they need him to step out and hit the three, he can certainly do that. And he's also a great rim protector as well. Um, that, that the Lakers team is just too good. I don't know what else to say. Like, they're just a juggernaut. Then we have the one-seeded Lakers versus the two-seeded Nets. And just, they're two, they're two of the best teams as far as talent goes, I think, in the NBA. I do have the Lakers winning in seven games, though, mainly just because I think they have better defense. Um, and they also have, you know, they have more chemistry together. Is it, eh, not, I mean, not really because they added a lot of new pieces. Um, but Frank Vogel is also, you know, he's, he's a very... Uh, tried and true, well battle tested coach and Steve Nash. While I'm not, I'm not saying that Steve Nash is going to be bad, but I don't think that Steve Nash is going to you know have a is going to have a cakewalk. I guess is the best best way to put it. He's never been a coach before, so he may struggle in his first year. Um, so I just think that ultimately the the Nets kind of just have more holes than the Lakers do, but it's still going to be a great series. Um, and yeah, I have the Lakers winning the 2020-2021 NBA championship. So. That's the end of today's video. I do hope you enjoyed it. Actually, it's the end of today's three videos. Um, I do hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, feel free to hit the subscribe button both on YouTube or you know Spotify, Apple, wherever you are listening uh, to this podcast or YouTube video, whatever, whatever you're listening to this on, right? Um, if you are on YouTube, go ahead and click the link in my description to see these. But follow my socials, Instagram and TikTok. You can find them at Conrad's underscore sports cards, both platforms. I post a lot of content there as well. And also, it's a good way to get a hold of me if you want to talk or if you have a question. Um, you can also leave a comment here on YouTube if you want to do that as well, if you have a question that you need answered. Um, but once again, that's going to be the end of today's video. I do hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you guys next time.